0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 20, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or SPIDER, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have a continuation of yesterday. We had a big rally day yesterday. They had some follow through today. Not a tremendous up day, but an up day nonetheless. Let's talk about some of the things that are important and jumping off the page on the daily chart. So we have a series of pivot highs, a series of highs that put the market into no man's land, if above. So here's what I'm referring to. We had a pivot high here, 390.64. The market got above it. We go to the next pivot high, 393.16. That was also eclipsed. They didn't quite get there yesterday. They got there today, and they closed above. The next pivot high in the sequence, 395.78. They spiked it today, making a high of 396.26, and backed off a little bit to close below that important place. Now, what makes that place important? Well, this pivot high here, 395.78, that's the last high before no man's land, which is the place in between that high and the gap that exists at 401.44. Now, maybe the market comes up short of the gap and pulls back before it gets there or fills the gap. That happens all the time. But what we do is we go with what is the normal thing that generally happens when the market does X, Y, or Z. So here's where we are. If the market can get a daily close above this high here, again, 395.78, that will open the door for the gap over 401. Again, they may play some games, Trick and Company shows up, they make it look like they're going to fill the gap, they come close, and they pull the rug out before it gets there because they can screw two types of traders. One type is the trader looking for an exit at the gap who is riding the tape on the long side. The second screw job is the trader that's waiting to short the tape at or slightly above the gap. And when they don't get there, they screw both those traders. The long guy doesn't get all his profit and the short guy doesn't get into the trade and both end up chasing the tape. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes, so it would be remiss... To talk about the 395.78 and not mention the fact that it is overhead resistance and it would be normal garden variety market behavior to have a pullback from here, whether it's a day, two days, or three days, that's certainly on the table. Now, if they start pushing above from an intraday basis, they start closing candles above, hourly above, and so on, then the door is open to go fill the gap or at least get close. But until they're comfortably above 395.78, even from an intraday basis, it is overhead resistance. Now, let's talk about a couple of other things that play into the fact whether it's going to be quality overhead resistance or it's going to be just a day or so of overhead resistance, meaning today, for example, and maybe tomorrow, we don't know, but here's the thing. So I look at the things that are around the horn. What happened before? Well, they ran up to run a test of that price, or at least close to that price, and they failed. They didn't get close. It's kind of like the scenario we just discussed where they get close to a gap, but they don't get there. Well, that's what happened here. The market was rejected. They go back and forth, and here they are again, So while they've already come close, that diminishes some of the importance or, shall we say, the power of it being overhead resistance. It's not the same as on the first run, even though they didn't quite get there just yet, meaning on the first run over here. If they pull back, where's an area or a price that they could pull back to, make everybody begin to think that a failure is in the making, and then all of a sudden, miraculously, turn around and go back up in the other direction. That number is 388. Start getting below 388, closing intraday candles below 388, daily candle below 388, and something different is going on, and we're likely more likely to see a quick run to 385, which would ultimately be somewhat of a line in the sand for this rally. Frankly, I don't think they should be at 385 if they're going to go up and fill the gap. They've already been down there. They already ran the tests. But that's more of an opinion than anything else. If they start getting below 388, then the door will swing wide open for 385. Let's not forget the weekly chart. We talked about it last night. We're just going to flash it up again and remind everybody that we've got a convergence of moving averages. The 20 and the 100 period moving average on the weekly chart, that's a magnetic thing in addition to that big breakdown candle. These are magnetic things, meaning the top portion of that candle, which coincides with the convergence of moving average right here. So as you can see, that's an area that's magnetic Price will get drawn up there. The closer it becomes, the more it will get drawn up there. Now, it's not around the corner. This is a weekly chart. It could take another week or two or so to get up there. I'm not saying it's going up there tomorrow, but that's the bigger picture scenario. How does that scenario get wiped off the table? Well, it's pretty simple. We're going to use the same 385. Doesn't mean the market falls apart below 385 but the bull case is on hold below 385. So net-net, the market is currently, as we speak, doing the thing that we've discussed it would be doing. We'll give it a funny how that works. Just another word before we move on to other stuff. I just want you to understand what the market's done lately, and therefore we're not going to be surprised at what it does going forward. Off a bottom, they went up, they pulled back. They go up, they pull back. They go up, what's next? Well, they can keep going because we haven't seen a top on this rally yet. Today doesn't really constitute a top. They just stopped going up at a very important place. That's normal garden variety market behavior. But let's not be surprised of a pullback and we can still see another move higher. That's the way the market works. Up, down, up, down, up. Maybe down, maybe continued up. We don't know. Tomorrow will tell. Now obviously I'm gonna get the idiot comments. Oh, he says the market could go up and down. Great, thanks for the information. That's not what I'm saying. That's what some people hear on a drive-by video slash dumb comment scenario. The bigger picture is the market was going up. We were long from a lazy swing trader perspective. We had Amazon, we had the S&P, we had Apple, we've taken two exits in Amazon, we've taken one exit in the S&P, the money was where the mouth is. Case in point, here's a 120 minute chart of Amazon. Last week, traders got an alert, buying 108.90. First exit, 115.50. Second exit, 119.95 today. Third exit, on the table. Another case in point, SSO, which is a leveraged exchange-traded product that tracks the S&P 500. Entry, $45. Exit, $49 today. Why was the exit today? Remember the discussion from the SPY chart. This is an important price. It's overhead resistance. You have to take profit, 395.78. That coincided with the profit that was taken in the SSO. Another funny how that works. And by the way, here you can see the trades that I take for the benefit of members, whether they're swing trades or intraday trades from inside the numbers, it's all the same thing. I'm teaching the stuff in here and practicing what I preach for the traders, whether it's swing traders or intraday traders. Again, funny how that works. Speaking of inside the numbers, let's run through the commentary today. We'll circle back to Stocks on the Move. Not a lot to do today from an intraday commentary S&P perspective. Why is that? Because the market took off again, didn't give me the buy I was looking for early this morning, and then they go into floater formation. It's not conducive to a trade. Not all the time. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Today it really wasn't conducive to taking a trade, at least from where I sit. You take what the market gives you, we had something from stocks on the move, and we're happy, we move on, you come back tomorrow with a clean slate. What you see in the early commentary are some of the numbers up north. If they were gonna get above yesterday's closing price, which they were below in the pre-market, then they got above near the opening bell, then they started pushing to some of these other numbers, namely 393.15, we talked about that one before. Let's scroll up, see what else we had. I'm basically going to let you read the notes. There's your 388. See, it comes up in the videos, comes up intraday. The reason it comes up is because it's uber important. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You have your basic tour guide information from today. And remember, we are in the midst of what's called the summer doldrums. There's your 395.75. All the same numbers repeat over and over again, whether they're in the videos at night, inside the numbers. The numbers are, in fact, the numbers. We had a decent list of stocks on the move today, but only two came into their price objectives. The other ones did not. Again, floater-type markets, and that's what happens. However, earnings are really going to start picking up now. I looked at the list of stocks that are reporting After the close today, we had Tesla, and we have others in the morning tomorrow, and then next week, we've got the tech stuff going, so the market's really going to get, shall we say, busy. But for today, we're going to take a look at BKR, and we'll also look at SE. So Baker Hughes had three numbers on the board, and the first two were above the opening price. They melted away close to the opening bell. So what happens is, these prices are off the board, and there's one price that's on the board. In this case, it was the third price on the table. And here's a five-minute chart. You can see the haircut at the opening bell. They came into the price. They gave you the deal right away. Then they went lower, and then they gave you the deal again. And what we have to say here is that was the price, $25, give or take. It's a big spot. It's a big psychological spot. And guess what? You bet. The numbers work. How about SE? Now, unfortunately for me, I didn't take this trade because they did the Macarena at 9.35 or in the first five-minute candle of the day. Then they ripped higher. Then they came into the number. And then they really went on a rocket ride. So I got left at the altar on this one. But look at the run after satisfying the target, the destination. All stocks, all markets are headed for a destination. Whether or not we can identify that destination or whether or not they get there on the particular day we're interested because the stock's moving for example is a different story. Here, the destination was 73.32, that was my number, it was slightly lower. They ripped back up in the other direction and they went all the way up over 78 about $79 a share from an entry of 73.32 without me. And the way we deem that one is, it's the life of a trader. Sometimes we get them, and sometimes we don't. The important takeaway is, the numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about up over 1% today, 1.25%? They're doing the thing that we discussed. There's no change. It is bullish. They will get to a place where they find overhead resistance. Better viewed from the weekly chart, again, we looked at this last night also, you have the 20-week moving average, which coincides with the top portion of this breakdown candle. 186, 187, 186.5, 187.25, somewhere in that neighborhood will be overhead resistance. Now, it depends on how they get there. If it's a straight shot like tomorrow slash the next day, something like that, that's going to be Bona fide overhead resistance, but if they pull back first, run sideways for a while, build up some more energy, that's a different scenario. Not all numbers are created equal. The other takeaway from Camp IWM is relative strength. It's my favorite market leading indicator. Up over one percent today. The S and P up about one half of one percent, less than that actually. More money going into risk assets. Gets my attention. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. The technical term for what's been going on after the final retest, at least final on this run, of 12,800, the technical term is it's been on a tear. 14,450, put that on a sticky note, if they can get sucked up there, and they can. That will be overhead resistance, it's a give or take, but that's the number that came from the calculator. More money going into risk assets. The QQQ people, they're already up into that neighborhood of what we call the breakdown box. Now, we don't know whether they're gonna get up here or whether they're gonna stall out, go down tomorrow for some kind of a pullback situation, but we already talked about this before price got there And we already knew that somewhere up in this neighborhood is going to be overhead resistance. Maybe they get to 305, 306 before they pull back. That's certainly logical, plausible. It's on the table. If you wake up to a pullback tomorrow, 298, give or take, should be garden variety of chart support. Put that on a sticky note. The XLF approaching that 50-day moving average didn't quite get there today. Again, same scenario. Pivot high here, important. Pivot high here, important. 50-period moving average, important. Gone up for several days in a row. They're going to at least have a pullback. They can certainly run a little bit higher first, but I wouldn't expect them up in this gap before a pullback. That's just garden variety, the way markets work. Smashmouth also on a tear from the recent low. They're also doing the thing that we discussed. Let's look at the weekly. Look what they're doing. They're being drawn into, first, that 20-week moving average. You're into the big breakdown candle. They want to get sucked up and run a test near the high. Near the high, you have another moving average, the 100-period moving average. I can absolutely see price. A, getting up to this spot, this general area, and B, being rejected, if for nothing else than a garden-variety pullback situation. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.